Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So... We created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? The week has been, it's been good. So if people are following us on social media, they know that we are doing a vision board party. So we've been working on that and we're really excited about that. So we've been working on recipes uh, for the vision board party. So that's pretty much what I've been doing, that and working, working and trying to dodge COVID again. What have you been doing? Well, I've been working on the vision board party with you and I've been trying to get myself like super organized. So my mom got me this Christian planner thing. So it ha- it's like the best planner that I've ever had, whether physically or digitally. It comes with some cool like stickers and things, but it, it the way that it's laid out is like super easy because you can put like tasks for the day and then like there's place for you to write notes and different pages. And then in between it has some places for you to like doodle or like, you know, color so that just in case, you know, like I enjoy doing that when I'm on the phone, having conversations or long, unnecessary Zooms so that I'm paying attention, but I'm occupying myself as well. So I really love that planner. I So I've been kind of like spending time planning things out and, you know, getting back into the swing of things. I feel like we see some light at the end of the tunnel. So hopefully we will be out of this situation shortly. But in the meantime, I'm going to plan for when we're when we're about to get out. I am so excited that you're a paper planner person because, you know, I'm a paper planner person. Like I would assume since you're like a media guru that she would be like strictly digital, like everything on your computer, everything on your phone. But this is refreshing (laughs) that you have gone back to the organic roots of paper planners. I love my paper planner. It also has stickers and like little motivational quotes on each page. I love it. And then it has like the daily plan and then it has a calendar for the month. Realistically, I only use the calendar for the month because I feel like I need to see the snapshot of everything. And so I write a whole bunch of stuff in that calendar for the month. And I only go to the pages 
for the dates if I need to write a lot more detail there. But um, so I don't use the rest of my, you know, beside the month spread, I don't use it as well. But maybe I should start. Maybe 2021 will be the start of like me actually saying, okay, on the 13th, I have a meeting. And then I actually go to the 13th and see what the meeting's about. Maybe I'll start that this year. Yeah, it's it. I find it very helpful. Like I find it very helpful to be able to write out any additional information that I need that can't fit into the little square. But I love when I tell you I love it and I did try I will admit I did try for about six months to do the electronic planner. Now I will keep things on my Outlook calendar. I will say that but the the paper planner just for whatever reason works better for me. I just feel like it's more accessible to me for whatever reason. It sounds crazy and it requires me to carry around an extra book. I get it but that's what works for me. I can honestly say I was born in analog, raised in digital, but I'm an analog girl all day. I like a piece of paper, sit it, sit down and write it with a pen. And just something about that feel of pen on paper that I appreciate. I agree. I agree. Now, I do have to have it in two places. <laughs> I do have to have it on my phone and in the calendar because if it's not in my phone, then I'm going to miss it. <laughs> I will miss it if it's not in my phone. And I'll go to my calendar, my paper calendar and be like, oh, crap, I missed that. How did I miss it? Because I forgot to put it in my phone or whoever told me to do that did not send me a calendar invite. Dang it. So it has to be in both places for me because I'm not as good in the morning of checking my paper calendar, but um, my planner. I'm going to work on that in 2021 as well. Like if I write it down, I'm going to first thing in the morning, open that planner. But I, I definitely depend on the phone, especially for the Zoom stuff, because then you can just click the link on the phone of the computer. And if it's not there, I don't want to go hunting those Zoom codes. Mm-mm. Oh, nope. yeah. Agreed. I agree 100%. If you're sending me a Zoom anything or Zoom, Teams, Blue Jeans, Skype, whatever, please put the link in so that I don't have to go find it. That's very, very helpful. That's a good point, Nicole. But let me give you a quick life hack, right? So... If whatever reason it does not have a Zoom link and you want to enter it into your phone really quickly, there's a scan feature in your notes and then you can add that note to your calendar. So it's super easy. So you don't have to rewrite everything. You just boop, scan it from your your paper calendar and add it to your notes in your phone calendar. Super easy. What? There's my learn something new today. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's listen. I should have thought of that. Yes, that's a good thing. So for the past three weeks, we've had insurrection, impeachment, and inauguration, finally. All major events with major news coverage, but between the admiration for the First Lady's monochromatic looks and the Bernie memes, I think some may have pushed the state of the country and the divide to the back of their minds. I mean, I can't say that I blame them. Um, You know, it's been a a rough last four years and the past four years have been nothing shy of literally a nightmare. So I understand why so many people don't want to like talk about it and they kind of just want to forget about what has happened. I completely understand. We now know that we have a new president. Thankfully, thank God, despite all of the efforts to turn the results of the election around, we have a new president. And I think that honestly, I think that um, Joe Biden probably has the most experience of any other president in history, specifically in my lifetime. I know he's literally been 
in politics and in politics on a national level longer than we've been alive, Nicole. So I get it. Like, you know, it seems like a new day. It seems like we can just move on. But we now have to think about it. Joe Biden has a really large hill to climb. The country is still divided and he has to somehow figure out how to bring this country back together and unify it in some way. We have to remember that 70 million people voted for Donald J. Trump. And while he's been deplatformed, some of his own party have even turned against him, there are still so many other people who are sitting back waiting to overtake this Trump legacy. And they've basically chosen that this is going to be the hill that they die on. We have to be mindful that there's still subsequent presidential elections and all of these people with the same agenda and the same mission have political aspirations to become president of the United States. So the far right still lives and there are no shortage of QAnon propaganda there, you know, that's being shared. And as a matter of fact, just recently, I do remember that the QAnon organization did this massive outreach to recruit people that were outside of the organization. I say all of this to say that they're still out there. The delusional Trump supporters that would, you know, do anything in the name of Christ and Trump that believe that they would rather suffer themselves than to see equality, they're still out there. These are the people that put their lives on the line in the middle of a global pandemic to travel to the capital of the United States to perform an insurrection on the Capitol. These people are still out there. They are fueled by hate. And now, after a failed insurrection, who knows what they might be willing to do. While as African-Americans, I feel like we've always been vigilant, I feel like we need to be hyper-vigilant now because we have 70 million Americans that are unhappy about the results of the election. They're unhappy about the results of the insurrection, and they're unhappy about the fact that Joe Biden is now our president. And I say this, I say 70 million Americans, because yes, no, 70 million Americans did not go to the Capitol and they were not part of the insurrection. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that 70 million Americans cast a vote that fueled this nonsense. So they are still out there. The threat is real. The threat to our justice system, the threat to our democracy, and even the threat to our lives as African-Americans, it's real. So we must be vigilant. Like, I'm so hopeful and so excited that we have a new administration. But the truth of the matter is there are still 70 million of them out there. When you say 70 million, it makes it, it makes it a little bit real, right? But I have to remember, there are a lot more than, you know, there, there are over twice that many people here in the U.S. But 70 million, when you say it, it makes it seem like, man, they're about to take over the world. Right. But I wonder what, what the couple thousand that were down there, because, I mean, it looked like thousands of people down there when you saw that on TV. What did they think they were going down there to do? Like, if we couldn't protest when Hillary won the popular vote... Because there were more of us that voted for Hillary than that voted for Trump. Mm -hmm. We couldn't protest and act the fool then and get a different result. What did they expect to happen when obviously Biden won by a long run? So I don't know what they expected to do except for basically have a tantrum. I mean, they literally went down there. I felt like I was looking at a whole bunch of Harrisons on the on the TV. Like they were like, it's a revolution. We need to do something. I mean, they were really, toddlers, right? right? Like literally yeah. like toddlers. 
having a fit. Like my person didn't win. I'm a narcissist, so I can't survive unless my person wins. I mean, it was like, really though? But that's like, are we really in here breaking windows of the Capitol? Isn't that like so telling of exactly what white privilege is, though? It, it definitely is. And I know there was some of us down there, too. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but some of us were down there, too. Mm-hmm. A little, a few sprinkle. Mm-hmm. Now, I choose not to claim them. But they were there. Yeah, we, we can <laughs> trade them. For, we can trade them for some people on the other side. I promise you that. Those cousins we want to shake. That's when when I saw that I was like, you know what, you know better. I just want to shake you. You have better home you training better than, this. than to go down there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it was a lot. Um, it was a lot, and we're still we're still going through a lot, right? Like at any second, I think, man, when is this going to happen again? Mm-hmm. And you know what? What you know? What do we do when it happens? You know, do we fight violence with violence? We may have to go there. There's been Absolutely. a lot of talk about black people being armed and ready. Because these supporters are coming, coming back. They're going to come back for some reason. Here's the thing. I'm all about nonviolence when it makes sense. Right. But if if you're attacking me, I'm not interested. I'm not about to sit and think about what the nonviolent protest will be to this. And this is where I think that a lot of people, I don't want to say are mistaken, but they're kind of like, you know, we, we've kind of become super comfortable. Right. These people have shown us that they have a propensity to violence. So why is it that we're sitting back and pretending like, oh, we're just gonna, like, this is not the day of my grandparents. I just can't see nowadays with the large machine gun or rifle that is, you know, that are being toted by civilians. I can't see facing that with nonviolence. I I just, I don't know. How do you you do that? You you can't, you you really can't. And I tell... You know, something as simple as I tell my husband, he he always says, you know, I can't believe you reacted to me that way. I said, well, I can't believe you did the thing that made me react. You can't get mad when you mess up and then I react to you. Like you shouldn't have done it in the first place. You can't say, control my reaction. Say that one again. So, Nicole. Say that one again. You so, can't get mad. No, you can't get mad when you did something to me to cause me to react. You can't control my reaction. So, and I tell people all the time when patients come in and they're violent and stuff like that, I'm like, y'all better get out of my face. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, I know I took this Hippocratic oath over here, but you cannot control somebody's reaction when they have a defense up. They're, they're trying to preserve themselves. So you can't control people's reaction. And I tell people that, that, that part, I wish Somebody would. Hello. Because you're going to act to protect yourself. That's only common sense and it's self-preservation. And if you don't, then you're just going to allow yourself to be destroyed. Like, why would you do that? So you cannot control somebody's reaction, period. And no, we are not in the in the time of Jim Crow where we had to suppress things. We don't suppress things anymore. Right. We can tape that, put it out there, react how we want to react and move on. Um, so this is not the time of our grandparents. It's so, not because um, we have the right to vote we, and we have we have the second highest position in the United States of America is occupied by an African-American. So the truth of the matter is that those 70 million people really don't have the same power that the that their kind in our grandparents day had. So 
Right. I'm just saying, be be careful and don't let your former president get your tail whooped. Let me just be clear. Well, Janine, speaking of someone that knows firsthand of reactions and what happened at the Capitol, we have a very special guest to help us talk about all this, Ms. Ashanti Smith. So on January 5th, Ms. Smith was assaulted, physically attacked, and harassed by a mob of Trump supporters on Black Lives Matter Plaza. Isn't that nice, Black Lives Matter Plaza? And that happened during the U.S. Capitol takeover, or as we call it, the insurrection. She is now unfortunately facing criminal charges along with being relieved from employment as a licensed special police officer pending investigation. So far, she has raised over $240,000 from donors nationwide to assist with her legal fees. Ashanti, welcome to the podcast. We hate that you're on the podcast under these circumstances, but thank you for coming on to help us talk about this. Thank you so much for having me, you all. So Ashanti, we're going to hop right into this, right? So I think that people probably know your story and Nicole kind of explained it just now, but let me go back some, right? So I know that you, because I kind of insta-stalked you a little bit, um, I know that I know that you have been working downtown for some time now, right? So, so back in the summer, you would cover on your lives what the protests were looking like, right? Yeah. You would walk through the protest, talk to people. I noticed a drastic difference between when you were walking through the people who were peacefully seated next to the police, just protesting because, you know, over the summer was the Black Lives Matter protests, right? So they were just peacefully seated. You know, she could navigate the crowd. It was very peaceful. Then this video surfaces from a few weeks ago and it's, I couldn't help but notice the drastic difference. So tell us how different that was, how different it was from the summer until just recently. So the summertime, it was a larger crowd. They were more peaceful. Everyone was interacting with each other. Everyone was supporting each other. There were people that came and brought food, water, snacks, just to make sure that everyone that was out there was taken care of. If there was any incidents, maybe it was too hot, people passed out. Everyone was helping each other out and just uniting. They weren't storming the police barricade. They were sitting down peacefully and just letting the police know that they were standing up for their rights. This recent situation, you have people that are heavily intoxicated, screaming racial slurs, attacking other people that don't support them. And the police weren't doing anything unless it was actually an aggressive situation or people were assaulting each other. Other than that, they were just standing by and letting the Trump supporters do what they were doing. So when you were there, um, Ashanti, were you working that day? Yes, ma'am. Okay, because it looked like the video that surfaced almost looked like you were there in the middle of this crowd, almost by yourself. Like, where were the other officers at this time? So I worked downtown close to where the incident happened. And like I was saying, I was on break. I went down to take some pictures and I was encountered by one of the women that are seen hitting me on the video, Miss Anne Lorenz. She came up to me. She asked to be my friend. I declined her offer. She then asked who I was there with. I told her myself because I wasn't sure what she was asking. She said, no, are you with Trump? I said, no. She said, oh, so you're with Biden. I said, no. She said, oh, so you're effing Antifa and then started telling people I was an Antifa. I was on Instagram Live. 
I wasn't aware of what Antifa meant. So I turned around and I was like, what's an Antifa? She was like, oh, nothing. So at that time, there was another crowd coming down of protesters screaming, F Antifa, F Antifa. I asked her again, what was an Antifa? She wouldn't tell me. So I started to walk away. That crowd started to actually storm the police barricade and attack the police barricade and try to get through. Her and her friends start to follow me. They start screaming racial slurs. I'm a N, I'm a Antifa. I deserve to die. They will F me up. They were trying to pull down my mask because I asked them to stay away from me due to COVID. They said it was a man-made, made-up disease. So they, I'm trying to protect myself from them taking my mask off. The gentleman that's seen in the video trying to hit me after I hit Miss Dukes. He actually was assaulting me, telling me not to hit his friends, even though I was not hitting them, but he began to assault me. So a police officer seen it and he grabbed me, took me to the barricade, told me to stand by. Once the crowd walked away and he thought it was okay, he told me to head back to work. That's when I left to go back to work and this group came and they enclosed on me and began screaming racial slurs, grabbing on me pulling me from different ways. And that's the second incident. And that's where the video that you all see is coming from. It's a, my second incident with this group. So they're grabbing on me, taking my mask off, trying to take my phone, trying to take my keys, screaming, hang the NB, hang them all, killer. Someone Hulk spit on me moments before the video starts. That's why my reaction in the video was what it was. Someone Hulk spits on me, then she proceeds to keep hitting me in my face, taking my phone, trying to take my mask. I try to walk away. Everyone keeps like just closing me in and I was in fear for my life. She keeps attacking me. I hit her once and stepped away. But did the police not see, like you're in uniform at this time? Yes. Did the, did the other police not see any of this going on? And did they not have the forethought to say, let me walk my partner to her car to make sure she gets there safely? The only person that really helped in the situation that I can recall of, well, I won't say the only person, was the police officer that did see them assaulting me and pulled me away from them as they're closing in on me. He did the first incident. The second one, no, the police didn't do anything. They did. They were aware of everything that was going on. Because once I hit her and step out of the crowd, another woman hits me. Then three of the Trump supporters drag me, literally drag me to the police. The police are aware, was like, this is the girl that's getting assaulted and harassed. Open up the bar the barricade, let her through. As they're proceeding to let me through, that's when Miss Lorenz comes up and attacks me from behind and they administer their, the pepper spray. I get pepper sprayed and escorted through the back of the line. They tell me to stand by and wait. As soon as the officer that escorted me, I hear another officer asking, what the F am I doing back there? What the F am I doing there? I have to get the F back over the line. I can't stay there. So me and a couple of officers told him that I was informed to stay there. And he said, he doesn't give a F. I have to get the F back across the line. So I was forced basically to leave back across the line. I didn't have my vision. I lost one of my shoes. I lost my headphone. I'm basically thrown back into the same crowd that just assaulted me. And but I you're the run. police. I am a special police officer. I guess they would refer to us as security, but we're still also known as law enforcement. Uh, but why is he putting you, knowing that you've been attacked, knowing that other police officers are trying to help you get on the police side of the barricade, why is he making you go on the side of the barricade that you were attacked on? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They 
just made me leave. Trying to wipe my face as best as I could and walk back to work as fast as I could. Police officers, I walked past two other barricades on my way back to work. Once I got to work, I finished my work, my patrols and everything, and I got off about an hour later. I went to go retrieve my items. The I stopped at the first police barricade, which was located right next to my job. They referred to me as the assault victim. They knew who I was. They told me just to stop at the other two barricades and let them know I was there. Once I got to the barricade where the situation happened, they opened it up immediately and said, this is the assault victim. She's coming back to get her stuff. They handed me my stuff and I would turn to leave. When I'm trying to leave, a detective runs up to me and asks for my information and my story and told me I was a victim of a hate crime. My supervisor was on the phone because I had to allow her to know what was going on because I was in uniform at the time. I gave him the story. My supervisors asked to speak to him. He said, okay. The protesters started to get louder. So he asked me to step down the street. He said he would be right back and was willing to talk to everyone about the situation. He came back less than five minutes later and told the officers to place me under arrest. They put me under arrest. They got a female officer from out of the crowd to come search me. I was put in the back of a cruiser without them reading me my rights or any of that. They just told me I was being arrested for assault and that I was on video. When he said that, it was other officers around defending and confirming everything that I'm telling him. If you see me on video, I'm sure that I didn't see the video at the time. So I was like, I'm sure I'm defending myself. That's what you seen. And other officers said that I was the victim. And he said he didn't care. I was under arrest. They, and they took me to one D police station. Did they wow. arrest the other women that were uh, the other people that were surrounding you and assaulting you? Did they arrest them too? One of the women did get arrested. The woman that assaults me once I'm being pulled through the police barricade, she got an assault charge for assaulting me. And I'm not sure about Miss Duke. I do not believe that she got an assault charge or any charges. I know that I got a charge against her for defending myself. Here's here's my question, though. I see at least four people involved in this situation, right? From the video that surfaced, even though it's very it's very convenient that it starts off right when you're defending yourself, right? Which it's, you know, the first thing that I thought when I saw it was, well, okay, whoever took the video, I need to see the video prior to this, what was happening, because clearly they're videoing from a perspective where they have a good angle. And, you know, so show me the the five minutes before this, right? That's the first thing that I said. And then the second thing is, I literally see someone almost like encapsulate you and kind of like drag you somewhere. Where are those people? Where I saw two men, I saw the lady that you're referring to that you did say get, got, you know, received an assault charge. And then the lady who they claim that you attacked. What happened to the rest of them? Because I've only seen mentioned in any of the, you know, the local media, because I'm, you know, I'm here in the area with you. The assault charge for the lady that was with the lady that you supposedly assaulted. Right. But what about the other people? What happened to them? Where are they? Where are their charges? That is something that I am trying to work on. I would like to correct you. So Miss Lorenz is the woman that attacks me once I'm being pulled through the barricade. That's okay. the woman that has the, the charge. Miss Duke is the woman that I hit. I don't believe she has any charges. They were in a group of five. I believe oh. one of her friends is actually the woman after I hit Miss Duke. It's a woman that kind of drifts out of the crowd. It took me a while. I had to watch the video several times. She drifts from behind Miss Duke and comes and hits me and then gets back. Like she's at the bottom of the screen. So it's hard to see. 
I thought it was one of the, it was three gentlemen that dragged me to the police. Got it. That was what I wanted to correct you. I thought it was one of them before, but once I watched the video numerous times, I realized that it was a woman. I got their names because Miss Duke's daughter actually exposed them and put she their did. out. So that's how I got their name. So I am trying to see what I can do in the process about going forth with things of those three people that were named and listed and that did assault me. Can you tell us exactly what, what her daughter did for those who don't know? Her daughter, I wasn't aware at the time. I didn't know until I got out of jail. Her daughter is a Black Lives, she supports Black Lives Matter. Apparently her mother doesn't appreciate it. They've kicked her out for her political views and her sexual views. She was told not to go to protest. I guess she lied to her about in the family about where she was going to be at at the time. So she put out everyone's name. She said, mom, isn't this you? Posted pictures. She identified Miss Lorenz, the one that attacked me, and also the gentleman that seemed trying to hit me after I'm backing away from Miss Duke. I love that her daughter did this. I just loved it. Yes, I think they're, that's her aunt and uncle and the mother. They were supportive. They, like I said, it took me a while to get on social media. I got on and a lot of people were tagging me. So I wasn't on Twitter for a while. Mm-hmm. So I, been, I had to log in, figure out my login. And that's when I seen everything. I tried to get in contact with her. It took a while. We have, I have spoken to her. I hate that you went through that, though. I hate that because I'm sitting here listening to you and I'm just thinking, what would I have done in that situation? And I don't think that you did anything wrong. I I probably would have. um, I know you have probably have a couple lawsuits out because I would. I mean, that's the first thing I was thinking. I was like, oh, yeah, the police are going down. (laughs) I was thinking, you know, they mishandled that situation. Um, That's very clear. You can't just like arrest somebody off of some hearsay type stuff. And basically, whoever arrested you was obviously racist. They're taking one side over another without gathering the facts. And then you didn't get read your rights. Like, that's not that's not proper. I would hope anybody would defend themselves the same way in the situation. I only hit once because I didn't want to seem like the aggressor because that's what they expect us to be. And that's how they label us. I do want people to protect themselves the right way and the legal way. And just change the narrative. They look at us. They judge us. We have this whole label on our back and we need to change the narrative and don't give them what they want, but make sure that we stand up for ourselves. I agree. When when I heard you say that someone hawk spit on you, I was like, yeah, that's where I It would have over at that. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. The fact that you were able to hit once, I remember someone threatening to spit on me. And I, I literally remember the exact words that I said. I said, if you spit on me, it will be the last time you spit in your life. Because I just think that that's the most repulsive thing that you can do to someone. And the most disrespectful yeah, thing that you can do to someone. Spit on me? Yeah, I would have taken my uniform off and worn her hind parts, as my father would say, clean out. Like, I don't, I, you're a better woman than I am because whew, that, that's too much for me. So, Ashanti, at this point, we talked through scenarios. Our listeners um, either emailed us in questions or DM'd us so that we can help them by giving them our perspectives and our advice. So we invite you to also help with advice. Okay. So this is the first one, Ashanti. Hi, ladies. We've made it to a new administration. Thank God. Now, here's where the heavy lifting begins for Joe and Kamala. And it seems they went right to work. That's not why I'm writing. I'm writing because I need some advice. 
I work for an HVAC company in Frederick, Maryland. Let me say this. I am the only African-American woman that works at the company, and there are very few brothers. The majority of my coworkers are white men. I think partially because of the industry, but part because of the area. It's not uncommon for an N-word to fly around my office. Neither is it uncommon for my coworkers to express their open support for Donald Trump. I thought this would die down, but it has gotten worse. I have one coworker that always talks about how Biden stole the election, et cetera, et cetera. I've heard so much that it's white noise to me at this point. I just kind of ignore it, do my work and go home. Well, this week, the same co-worker thought it a good idea to grab me by my arms to get, I guess, force me to pay attention to him. Because he grabbed me from behind, my reflexes kicked in and I almost hit him. But before letting me go, he looked at me and asked me if I was scared. When I said no, he responded and said, you should be. My question is this. I've never had anything like this happen to me before, and I've been working there for over a decade. Should I really be scared or am I just being paranoid? You should be scared. I, I say that because I don't take um, I don't take kind of threats. So I would literally um, report him. I would report him and I would wait for action. I would seek some legal counsel just in case nothing happened to him. And I would proceed as if, yeah, I, I felt threatened. And I feel you, you should feel threatened. Anytime somebody puts your, their hands on you, you should feel threatened. And I would treat it as such. Even if I wasn't scared of him, I would report him and tell people I was scared of him. He is going to learn today. So I kind of feel a little bit differently, Nicole. So... Okay, so Frederick is an area where it is notorious. And I'm not sure, Ashanti, if you're familiar with this, but Frederick is an area. You've been to Frederick? Yes. Okay, so it, as you know, it's notorious for being a little bit on the racist side. So it's not uncommon to see um, a rally out there. And I'm not talking a Black Lives Matter rally. I'm talking the, the rally of the other kind. Um, it's It's just a very different area. And the fact that she says that she's, you know, it's not uncommon to hear the N-word thrown around at her job. I think we're too late at the point of reporting. Like, I think that it's not about reporting now. Like, you've let this go on for so long. I've been the only Black woman in situations before, right? It's not uncommon. But it is uncommon to be the only Black woman in a situation where the white people feel like it's okay to use the N-word and not have a problem with it. And express Yeah, but that- now you've crossed the line and you put your hands on me. But Nicole, you can't put your hands on me. Am okay. I supposed to just ignore that? No, 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 no. But I feel like you shouldn't have ignored when the N word was flying around either. That's what I'm saying. I and agree. and I agree. in addition to this, clearly this is your job. So find first find a new job, like find something else to do before you start all of this reporting. Because let me be very clear. If you're the only one, it's not like you're about to have a class action lawsuit against this company, right? It's just going to be you out there by yourself with this particular situation. So before we can almost guarantee that you're going to lose your job, right? So before you even get to this process, find another job, come closer to DC, my dear, come closer to DC where there's a lot more of us and you can work for a company that has people that look like you find another job and then start the reporting process. But 
I'm with Nicole in, in terms of get yourself a good lawyer first, because this sounds like it's about to be an uphill battle. And I did do some research on the company and they've been there for a while. So they probably deep seated in racism and a whole bunch of other stuff. So, girl, find yourself a new job. Heating, air conditioning, all of that is plenty of jobs here in the D.C. area. And people are at home. So all of that stuff is going to need to get fixed. So find yourself a new job and keep it moving. Like real talk. Keep it moving. That company is just not the one. I hate that people have to feel forced to lose their job, though, and lose their seniority when they've been somewhere for 10 years. And I would hope that if you've been somewhere for 10 years, you have some ally there that's helped you stay there. So perhaps it's not reporting directly to the Better Business Bureau, but you should be able to talk to somebody. And I don't take that type of thing lightly. If somebody is now comfortable enough to put their hands on you, I feel like they would be comfortable enough to do anything. And so that's why I'm saying it has to be reported to somebody and that you need to lawyer up because once these people and keep record of every time, everything that's happened, because once these people decide that the good old boys win and you need to get, get fired, then you need to re- get ready to, to sue. Because that would be acts of discrimination as the reason that you've lost your job, although they'll cover it up as you're not doing your job right. But you've got to tell somebody. Otherwise, it's the little black girl that's found in a ditch somewhere. And, oh, we're going to blame that on, you know, domestic violence or suicide or some BS cover up like that. So that's my opinion. I would feel threatened and I would lawyer up and I would report it. Ashanti, any thoughts? You guys made some good points. I don't, I would maybe if I had someone that I can confide and that I'm close to in the job, because you never know, you may not be the person, the only person that's going through it. If I could confide into someone that I truly trusted, I would. I wouldn't report them to, I guess, the company because you never know what backlash. It may make your whole situation worse. And he asks if you are scared or any of that. You never know what may come from it or who may have the same mentality or who he can trick or thinks the same. I would honestly, me personally, and I tried to tell a lot of women, if you are able to get licensed to carry for your own personal protection, do it. It's not a reason why you can't protect yourself as a woman. If you are afraid of guns, then get some self-defense training. Make sure that you can protect yourself in all aspects by yourself. If you have anyone, kids around, make sure that you can protect your family and yourself. So those would be my, I guess, things that I would say. I don't know about switching my job. I guess how you said seniority and things like that. If it's causing you too much pain mentally and emotionally and draining you, yes, then you might need to get a new career path or a new career, job, whatever. But if it's something that you're passionate about and you truly love, then don't let anyone discourage you or run you away from what you love. Stand up for what you believe in what you appreciate and move forward, but protect yourself at all times. If you can, I ain't running from <laughs> nobody. I'm about to get a lawyer. You going to learn today. And if I get a job, it will be a better job because sometimes you do have to remove yourself. If it's causing you anguish, remove yourself from the situation, get you a better job. But if you can't find a better job, don't let these people have you quit and be on unemployment looking for your $600 a week check or whatever it is. Now don't do that. Like, do not quit your job before you get a new job or before you lawyer up because you got to still pay bills. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Those are facts. All right. So my scenario probably hit a little bit closer to home for you, um, Ashanti. And it goes like this. Nicole and Janine 
I work in law enforcement, but I won't tell you the city because it's a relatively small town. During the past Capitol takeover, I know at least three officers who participated in the protest themselves. We all know these officers. They have a history of violence on the force. And yes, the force has several good old boys, quote unquote, on it, who probably were also with them. Or at least I would be surprised if they were. I overheard some of the officers talking about the protests in D.C. and how some of their friends had gotten questioned, but no one knows they were there. These guys do not plan to turn themselves in and their friends on the force don't plan to do so either. Every day since finding out they were there, I want to turn them in. However, talking with my friend, who is also the only other black person on the force, we believe that if we do, everyone will assume it's one of us and retaliate. What should I do? Ashanti, would you like to take this one first? Wow, that is a, a good question. I honestly, I don't know. I'm not surprised that it is people that are there. I would say, honestly, let the government do their job. They're getting all the other, the FBI is finding people that are there. I don't, I, it's kind of hard because you want to get the dirty cops off the street, especially if you know that they're dirty or they have certain beliefs and they're probably treating people in the streets or that they're encountering a certain way just because of their political beliefs. But at the same time, do you want to put your life in danger? I don't, I don't really know how to answer this question. I was thinking if they could see if they can confide in someone else and maybe they, you know, speak on their behalf. But it would, that's just a strong thing, especially like saying it's two of them. Since it's only two of them, if they get turned in, period, they're still going to have the assumption they were the ones that turned them in. If their Aunt Susie turns them in, they're still going to assume, you know, that the people that turned them in were these two African-American co-workers that are on the force with them, right? So my issue with this is they're going to assume it's you anyway, so you might as well turn them in. I say expose them. That's just me. Ex- expose them. I- I completely agree. Now, I would probably report them anonymously and I probably wouldn't even tell the other officer that I was doing it just so once it came out, we'll be looking at each other like, who did that? What? Who did that? I would literally not tell. So, Janine, if you and I were on the force together and we were like, man, we should turn them in there. And then we decided not to. I would literally report them anonymously to the FBI. And if it came back and investigated inside of the department, we would be looking at each other like, no, we who did that? Exactly. Right. Who did that girl? Who did that? I wouldn't tell you until they were off the force. And then I would say, you know, you know, I turned them in. And I would be like, and you know, I did too. (laughs) Right. Because uh, that's what I would do. I would anonymously do it. I would turn them into um, the FBI anonymously. And then I would just wait to see what happened because sometimes nothing happens. Right. So you can't really blow the whistle locally or pick the phone up and make phone calls from, from your stuff. So you need to report them anonymously um, to the FBI so that it's not traced back to you. That's what I would do. And, um, he- and I would wait. I agree. And here's the thing. As we know, social media is a great tool, okay? I'm sure that there's something that you can just take a little screenshot, set you up a dummy email address, and email the FBI. Or mm-hmm. old school, print it out. And put it in an envelope and send it to the FBI. Right, let me them. tell you, hello, let me tell you something. There are ways to get the information to the FBI that you would like to get to them anonymously. And the truth of the matter is, 
while they're out here rounding up these crazy people, let them round up all of them so they don't have to go back. Just round them all up at the same time. I'm reporting. We've reported separately anonymously, Nicole, and and that's right. We tag team and we ain't telling. Listen, listen, I'm not going to have you nervous. I'm just going to report. And we, I ain't going to tell you. You don't even have to have that kind of pressure. We, we going to be report. nervous together. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? Okay, so this I learned according to Yahoo News. And I'm not at all surprised by this, but I did learn it. And it's written down on a credible news source. So it's now fact. According to Yahoo News, former campaign staffers helped to organize the rally that led to the deadly insurrection, even though Trump has claimed that he hasn't had any involvement in this situation. The former staffers secured the permits. Among those listed as the organizers were former campaign staffers. We won't mention their names because we're not going to give them a lot of day on this podcast. But basically, after they were discovered, it's about four or five of them that they pulled out with some pretty high ranking campaign positions as of just a week ago. They're still working for Trump, just so we're clear. But they have since tried to attempt to hide their involvement in the insurrection. There were also white hat. White House staffers, people that were directly employed for the White House that were listed on the paperwork for the permits. But the event was technically, by technicality, organized and hosted by a group called Women for Trump. So I say all of that because while we're not surprised, that just goes to show that they're still out there and some of them are still in power, Nicole. None of that's surprising. Mm -mm. (laughs) None of that's surprising. And I think that it ties into with my learn something new this week, which I posted an article on our Facebook group on the OSD Facebook group that said that Trump had pardoned, I think, 17 people at that point. But now it's up to 74, right? 74 pardons and 70 um, sentence commutations. And that was a final wave. And the thing that I learned new about that, besides Lil Wayne being pardoned and you know, Kodak Black being pardoned, you know, <laughs> the Detroit uh, Mayor Kwame Kilpatrick being not not pardoned, but his sentence was commuted. They did correct that. Is that Janine Pirro, the reporter, her ex-husband got pardoned, Albert Pirro Jr., literally the hour before Biden was sworn into office. I mean, this man was working until the last minute. He had already flown to Florida. He had already touched down. He had already said, screw everybody. But guess what he was still doing? Pardoning people. Just saying. It's a shame. It really is Mm -hmm. a shame. And some of the things that they were pardoned for, it shouldn't have even been on the consideration list. That's just my opinion. Right. He pardoned anybody that had issues with tax evasion. You got pardoned. Anybody that had anything close to the family, like Jared Kushner's dad, you got pardoned. Anybody that was alliant to him, you you got pardoned. And if you were (laughs) a rapper, what it was, if you were a rapper, you got pardoned. Well, if you were a rapper and you said something in favor of Trump, you got pardoned. You're right. Good point. Well, Ashanti. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And we found out that we know some of the same people. So we have to keep in touch and we will keep following your story. So as you know, things progress, let us know so that we can continue to follow your story. All right. I'll be sure to keep everybody updated. I appreciate you all for the opportunity. It was great speaking to you all. And I look forward to speaking to you all again soon. Thank you, Ashanti. Our motivational moment from the week 
is from revitalization strategist and radio host from the South Bronx, Majora Carter. And she said, if we are going to be a part of the solution, we have to engage the problems. So don't be ashamed to call out problems when you see them and don't be afraid to offer solutions. All by yourself, all by yourself, you are a powerful force who has the ability to cause positive change. Until we meet again, pray, work, slay, and show off your melanated excellence. Bye. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.